welcome to Brewery Society Beers episode number 16 of Brutal Battle. So I know I already did some Hoarders beers for the last episode from 2020, uh, but I happen to have four more of those in the 375 milliliter bottles. Once again, as a refresher, these are the small batch Hoarders only beers that come in larger mixed boxes that they do each year, uh, and through archive sales, these had become available to me in 2020 when I was still a Reserve Society member. So we will at some point, I, I swear, at some point we will be featuring beers like this for 2021 for the Hoarders Society, since I am in it at this point. But for now, uh, I figured I might as well just do these other four that I happen to have and get them out there because they sound really good. Although a few of these, I think there may be a situation where some of the flavors have potentially fallen out because there are some flavors that can potentially fall out kind of quickly, but we'll see. We'll see about that. I am excited about all these. I mean, as you can probably assume, I wouldn't have purchased these specific ones from the archive sale if I wasn't excited about them. So this should be a really fun tasting and unlike when I'm usually doing these Brewery Society beers episodes, I'm doing this all in one shot. Usually I'm doing like one or two beers at a time based on ABV, but since these are actually all pretty low ABV, I think, and they're 375 milliliter and Rebecca will be around tonight to help me finish them, uh, I can just do it in one shot. So here we go, getting into the first one, not wasting too much time. This one, this may be the one I'm most interested in and most excited about. And this is their Sour Tangy. Now, this is a sour rye ale with tangerine zest and vanilla aged in oak barrels, and it is 8% alcohol. Now, when I was saying that there are certain things that I think could end up falling out, the vanilla is what I'm talking about. So, there's vanilla in this. There's also, I think, vanilla in one of the other ones. So, we'll see what happens. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. As soon as I pop that, I don't even have my nose all that close to the bottle opening, just like, whoo, man, I'll tell you, the the amount of um, tangerine zest that just popped out at me with some sourness mixed in, holy crap, it is strong. So, and it also immediately has a little bit of kind of like a, what's the, what's the, what's the, like nail polish remover type smell that was popping out, which would insinuate a decent amount of sourness. All right, so what does it look like? It's very orange. It's not fully clear, but it's clear-ish. Almost like a slight brownish orange to it. Not a whole lot of head going on in there. And I have separate glasses for each one of these, so I'm not doing any reusing. Mm, yeah. Tangerine zest is very, very, very perceptible in this. It's it's that mixture of the, the tangerine citrus with a decent bitterness to it that's a very particular, like, bitterness you would actually get from the rinds of citrus. It smells good, but I also get that little lemony tartness that you have a tendency to get. I actually get a good amount of a honey note in the nose, which is interesting, and I was definitely not expecting. And... I smell the rye base to it. Um, I've had plenty of the breweries sour in the rye beers, so that's that smell, that rye sour smell, really reminds me of the sour in the rye. And I'm assuming that they kind of, the base beer of this did this a lot like sour in the rye, if it isn't exactly sour in the rye, basically. Um, okay. 
I don't smell any of the vanilla, actually, so that sucks, but maybe it's in the taste. Going in. Ooh. Okay, so immediately it's actually very soft, and then after a soft flavor with honey and with that tangerine zest, it kicks you really hard right after that with a very sour punch. Um, I'm going to have to take a few more sips. That honey note lingers a lot in the aftertaste. I taste it a little bit up front, but then the other flavors kind of flood in and the sourness kicks in. And then I'm just mainly tasting it on the um, on the aftertaste. And it's actually, the aftertaste is also coming off a little apple-driven as well. So it's kind of like a honey and apple. It's kind of weird. Mm. But when I'm actually sipping it, I'm getting a decent lemony sourness. I am getting that tangerine zest. I can't, I, I don't think I'm really getting any vanilla though. And this, like I was saying, this was one of my issues I was thinking could happen of the vanilla kind of falling out. But you do get that kind of earthy, spicy rye note from the sour rye base, which I do enjoy. It tastes good, but it's, I'm assuming significantly less complex and nuanced than what it's supposed to be and what it initially is. Side note, if you hear some munching sounds, that's my cat eating some dry food. She just showed up, so my apologies. But maybe you don't even hear it. All right, so take a few sips mm. before going to the next one. That one was good. It's it's good, but a little disappointing for what it's supposed to be, unfortunately. So, yeah. All right, so going to the next one. Uh, this one is Oud Fumé. Now, this is the Flemish-style red ale aged in oak barrels with smoked oak staves, and it is 8.3% alcohol. So, I've had their Flemish red before. That's their Oud Tart, and I think as far as... Flemish reds go. Really good sour red. Uh, I really do like sour reds a lot because they have a tendency to be a little bit more sweet, a little less sour, and more on the wood. So when I saw this, I was like, well, I love their Oud Tart. So this is probably like their Oud Tart, but with that smoked woodiness from those smoked oak staves. So I'm very, very, very interested in this one because of my experiences in the past. And it just makes me think about like their... Um, reserve oud tart that I had some time ago, which I think I actually featured on the podcast. I think so. You can search for it on the website if you just go to brutalbattle.com and then just put in oud, uh, oud tart or the brewery. It'll come up with all those episodes. So, Okay, so coloration, it looks very brown, but it's like a slight orangey tinge to the brown. Little bit of a head sticking around when I uh, swirl it up with some kind of medium-sized bubbles, but not a lot of head to it. Go and smell this. Oh my gosh. Woo. Man, oh man. Well, it's a good thing I'm doing separate glasses for all of these, because man, that smoke just jumps right out. It is initially the only thing I smell when I take my first sniff of the beer. Okay, now that I'm going back in, it's still very, very strong. Now, it's smoky, and it's like that wood smoke. You know the smell that you get 
when you're around a fire, like a wood fire outside, like that, that specific wood fire smoke type smell, very present in this one. But then it's also giving me a little bit of a leather note along with it. And then I get a little sweetness on the end with a very, very slight tartness that's peeking through at the same time. Also, I now have to apologize because you may hear someone bouncing a ball in the background because, unfortunately, when you have kids in the neighborhood, noises. So hopefully you don't hear that, though. All right, so going in on the Oud Fume. Boom. Okay. So the smoke is definitely there, but I am still able to taste the actual Flemish red underneath it. The smoke is kind of up front, at least in the first sip, and then it gets to those Flemish red notes, which are relatively sweet uh, with a little bit of tartness. Going in again. Mm -hmm. So it ends up having kind of this cherry character to it. So it's kind of like a... Uh, a cherry that is being um, grilled over a wood fire, in essence, is kind of what it tastes like. Because the that smokiness is very, very present. It kind of, for me, goes up to the precipice of being too much, but then kind of stops. So it's not too much, because I can still taste that nice Flemish red note. And like I said, I'm definitely getting like a nice kind of light sweetness with a light tartness and a cherry flavor to it. So this is actually pretty interesting. Hmm. I have a feeling Rebecca's not going to be a fan of this because of that smokiness. And it's very wood-driven as well, as you can imagine. Along with the smoke is that wood, like I was talking about on the nose. I'm enjoying it. I, I really, I do enjoy this. It's something different, and it's something nice and flavorful. I like this one. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. That is, yeah, that is definitely good. But yeah, I don't think Rebecca's going to like it a whole lot. And as I keep sipping it, I get a little bit more of the tartness kind of building up. I'm actually starting to create some phlegm in my throat. i get some water here. That cleanse a little bit before the next one. So, uh, it's not all going to be sour here, although actually three of these are sour. But the next one is not, and I'm... Assuming that this is going to be the one Rebecca will be most excited about. Hopefully it's the one that has the best flavor for her. Now this one is called Raspberry Valley. And holy crap, I spoke too soon. This one is not low ABV. <laughs> I forgot about this. Raspberry Valley. This is an imperial stout aged in wine barrels with raspberry and vanilla added. And it is 17.3%. I'm glad it's in a 375 milliliter bottle because that is high. Um... Once again, I have a feeling that potentially the vanilla may have fallen out a lot, as opposed to how this was when it was initially brewed, so we will see. Hopefully the vanilla did not fall out, though, because I would love to really taste that vanilla in there. The description sounds excellent, in my opinion. Okay. So, oh, did they say raspberry or raspberries? Uh, they said raspberry. So most likely it's raspberry flavoring and not actual raspberries. Because they usually will say raspberries versus raspberry. Okay, so it looks, I mean, it looks like a stout. It's a little bit on the lighter side, though. Around the edges, it's just looking brown. Not much of any head, probably because it's so high ABV. When I swirl it up, yep, there are legs on the side. It's very slow coming down because of the high ABV. 
All right, let me smell it. Yeah, a lot of that raspberry coming through. A lot of that raspberry coming through. And it does smell artificial. It definitely smells like an artificial raspberry, which does not make me happy. <laughs> Damn, that sucks. Um, and then a chocolatiness. It's like raspberry and then chocolatey. It says in wine barrels? Interesting. I feel like I'm getting like a slight kind of strawberry note with the raspberry note at the same time. And there is kind of a creaminess on the nose, which maybe that's what the vanilla is doing, but I'm not really smelling a whole lot of actual vanilla to it. It's very, it's, it's there, but it's like so slight. You have to really reach to find it. I just, I'm not really digging on the smell because of how artificial that raspberry smells. Well, let's find out about this. Going in. Actually, it's not bad. Um, the That raspberry specifically is not that bad. Let me go in for another. Okay, yeah. So there are times where I've actually had raspberry flavor in beer, and it's actually not been a big deal. It's when they go really heavy on it, and you don't have enough other flavors to kind of like back it up or downplay its artificial aspect. Um, that's when it becomes a problem. This, actually, it's a little bit tempered. You definitely get the flavor, that kind of like punch of that artificial raspberry up front, and you do know it's artificial when you taste it. But then it kind of goes to like this creamy chocolate right after that, and it's it's actually more of a milk chocolate than anything. Hmm. Actually, you know, this is not bad. I do taste a little bit of an astringency to it, but... I would definitely not know that it's 17.3%. That's crazy. This is kind of a dangerous beer because it's definitely not tasting that high in ABV. That's actually better than I thought it was going to be. And I do get a little bit of that vanilla. And I think the vanilla, once again, is kind of adding to that creaminess that I was saying was going wrong along with that milk chocolate note in the flavor. Hmm. It's not bad. I, it would be a lot better if it was actual raspberries, though. That's one of my biggest problems. Like, I understand it's not always feasible to do actual fruit in the beers, but it always makes so much of a difference. And with a brewery like the brewery, um, they really, a lot of times, shoot for high quality, like, really nailing it and going that extra mile. So... When they do something like this and they do a flavoring, it really does let me down, honestly. And tasting this beer, and it, it is solid for what it is. If it actually had raspberries, it would be so much better. It really, really would. Also, I'm assuming it was tasting a lot better when it was fresher, because I bet you could get a lot more of that vanilla, which also may have increased that kind of creaminess to it additionally. Okay, so that's going to lead me to my final beer, and that one is Boysenstone. We're back to the sours. Now, Boysenstone is a sour blonde rye ale aged in oak barrels with Midas, plum, apricot, and boysenberry. So, um, is that all flavoring too? Hopefully not. And it's 6.5% alcohol. So here we go. I have a feeling, even though it doesn't say raspberries, plums, that this excuse me, will be actual fruit. 
but we'll find out. Oh, it's got a little bit of a fun tinge of color to it. Oh, yeah. So it's it's kind of clearish. Oh, no, not not fully. Like a little clearish. And it's got it's got like this orangey note to it, but it's also like a little bit pink. It's like an orangey pink mixture. Very interesting kind of coloration. It's it's pretty and it's light. Um, it has a decent amount of head sitting on top with very large bubbles. And let me smell it. Oh yeah, I mean it smells like real fruit. I will say that. There is a decent, there's like a medium amount of tartness to it, actually. It's not smelling straight up sour or very aggressive with the sourness. But, you know, smell and taste are two different things, and we'll see what that translates to. But, um, what does it say? Plum, apricot, and boysenberry. I think I, I'm smelling the apricot the most. But I definitely get the plum coming in there. The boysenberry... I think is what's kind of hard to actually suss out. There is a little bit of like an earthiness in the nose as well. That's not in a bad way. I know this is going to sound bad, but not in a bad way. It smells a little dirt driven. The, the boysenberry kind of earthiness poking through. It just smells like a bunch of fruit in a sour beer, honestly. And it smells like it's got a snap to it because of that tartness. All right, going in. Hmm. Oh, oh my gosh. Whoa, that is very smooth. Very, very, very smooth. Hmm. For being sour, it's a lot more sessionable than I'm assuming it was going to be, especially because Brewery Teru, aka the brewery, their sour arm, has a tendency to go more on the sour end. So... I was expecting more sourness, but no, it's actually pretty tempered. I'm surprised by that. Okay, so it just says it's done in oak barrels, but honestly, it tastes like it's done in, like, Chardonnay barrels, because it has a bit of a white wine flavor to it, in my opinion. Hmm. You know, I mean, it's kind of tasting like a tart, fruited white wine. It's pretty good. It's pretty easy. I'm definitely getting the apricot the most in there, but I can see where there the where there is the plum. I don't know about that boysenberry though. One more. No, I'm having a hard time with the boysenberry, um, but the plum and apricot, mainly the apricot, it's there, man. Okay, so this is where ooh, this is where it's going to get really tough, and I might have to retry just a few of these because. I'm going to have to try the sour tangy. Just, whoa, I don't pour too much. Save some for Rebecca, right? Ooh. So after having the Boysenstone and then going back to the sour tangy, there's even more of a perception of that tangerine zest. And it's really good. I, I'm really enjoying the tangerine zest. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. That is good. Let me go back to the happy raspberry, raspberry valley. Yeah. It's not bad. Raspberry valley's not so bad. And I got a little bit more of the oud fume. And I will have re retasted everything, of course. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. 
Ooh. <clears throat> Going back to the Oud Fumé, it actually comes off a little bit um, nail polish remover, like a little hint to it. Now, when I was initially tasting it, that wasn't happening. That's actually just a byproduct of me tasting the other beers and then tasting that. But I just thought it would be interesting to, you know, comment on what I'm tasting there. Okay. Whew. So putting these in order, I am going to go... Okay, I'm physically putting them in order so it's easier for me. Okay, so for this episode, this is my ranking. And the number four spot, unfortunately, is going to be the Raspberry Valley. That's the Imperial Stout aged in wine barrels with raspberry and vanilla added. Unfortunately, um, fake raspberry. So that's I think that's the biggest downfall with that one. Also, the fact that it's a little bit older, so the vanilla has fallen out a bunch. My number three is going to be the Oud Fumé, and that's the Flemish-style red ale aged in oak barrels with smoked oak staves. Very interesting. Can be very off-putting to some people because of that level of smokiness and the level of wood, but I enjoy it for something different. I mean, how often do you have a beer like that? So for me, it's kind of like a cool something different to have. Leading me to my number two, which is the Boysenstone. That's the Sour Blonde Rye Ale aged in oak barrels with Midas Plum, Apricot, and Boysenberry. That is way softer than I would assume, way less sour than I would assume, and you get a good amount of the apricot and the plum, and it's pretty tasty. I like it, it's, and a lot easier than I thought it would be. And that leads me to my number one, the Sour Tangy. This is pretty tasty. That's the Sour Rye Ale with Tangerine Zest and Vanilla aged in oak barrels. Um, you definitely taste that sour rye base, all that nice rye kind of spice earthiness, and you get a lot, lot, lot of the tangerine zest, especially as it warms up more. Unfortunately, the vanilla is not there a whole lot. I mean, it's barely there because of the older age. I would be really interested to find out what this tastes like fresh, and hopefully the brewery or brewery terrier uh, brews it again so that I can try it when it's super fresh and really see what that level of vanilla is like and what it does to the beer, because I think it would make it way better, too. But this is nice. I love that tangerine zest flavor in there. Really, really good. So, I do have to say that I um, none of these are going to crack the top ten for these Brewery Society beers episodes. So, that's kind of sad, but, you know, that means I can just jump over to my phone, and I can tell you, for these Brewery Society beers episodes... Ongoing, here are the top 10. At number 10 is cher is sorry Chocolate Rain from 2015. It was consumed four years in the bottle. That is a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with cacao nibs and vanilla beans. Number 9 is Chocolate Rain, spelled R-E-I-G-N. That is a double barrel imperial stout with cacao nibs and vanilla beans. Uh, number 8 is Sweet Magnolia's Black Tuesday, which is an imperial... Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with bananas, Madagascar vanilla beans, and Nilla wafers. Number seven is Cherry Chocolate Rain. That's an Imperial Stout aged in rye whiskey barrels with cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and tart cherries. And I will say that I wish the brewery would age more of their stouts in rye whiskey barrels. It's probably a lot harder to get a hold of, but if they can do it, I would love that. Because uh, that is a great beer. Number six is Samoa Black Tuesday, an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with toasted coconut, 
cacao nibs, vanilla, maple syrup, and graham cracker. Number five is Island Thyme. That is a sweet stout with Hawaiian sea salt and lactose with marshmallow, salted, or salted, marshmallow, toasted coconut, and natural vanilla flavor added. Number four, Love at Midnight Black Tuesday. Imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with pineapple, coconut, and vanilla beans. Number three, American Anthem. Ale aged in bourbon barrels with peach, apricot, cinnamon, and vanilla. Number two, Pistachio Vanilla Black Tuesday. Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with pistachio and vanilla beans. That's what it says. And number one, man, they need to rebrew this. Spicy Island Black Tuesday. Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with pineapple and habanero peppers. So much yumminess with that beer. And there's a lot of yumminess on this table right now. So I'm excited to give Rebecca a taste of these when she comes home. And um, I know she's not going to like that oud fumé. Her initial reaction on that oud fumé is going to be to recoil in disgust because she hates smoke in, like, food and, and drink. So, yeah, she's really going to not like that. I think she'll like the Sour Tangy. I think she'll be fine with the Raspberry Valley, and I think she's actually going to be good with the Boysenstone. So, I would have, uh, uh, you know, going into it, I was like, oh, I don't know, she's not going to like a whole lot, but I, th I think she's going to be alright. But anyway, thank you everyone for listening to this. Uh, do us some favors. Go out there, rate us and review us on whatever podcatcher you use. iTunes, iTunes is the most helpful for us, so I'd appreciate that. Um, also send us emails if you have ideas or just want to say hi, brutalbattlepodcast at gmail.com. Do word of mouth, tell people about the podcast if you like it. And if you're listening, I would hope you like it. Uh, you can check out back episodes by just going to brutalbattle.com or going to archive.org and searching brutal battle. It'll bring up everything. And there's a lot of episodes. Uh, I'm on Twitter. If you really want to check it out, I'm Carlin at brutal battle. Uh, on Untapped, I am Carlin Cook or Carlin C on Untapped. Rebecca is active again, so you can search for Rebecca C on Untapped and be friends with us on there. And then she's working the Instagram, and she's doing a great job at it actually. So you're usually getting two pictures a week of what we're drinking, so that's pretty solid. And it's Brutal Battle Podcast on Instagram. So yeah, once again, thank you everyone for checking this out. I can't wait to see where we go with more of these Brewery Society beers episodes because I'm out now of the 2020 Hoarders beers. So when I'm doing Hoarders beers, it's going to be 2021, and that's exciting. So thanks again, and until next time, keep it brutal. Brutal.